Coming to you from our living rooms, it's the Region 20 Tops to Teens podcast. I'm Sam Gonzalez. And I'm Sarah Ford. And we're here to share with you some really inspiring things that we're seeing the Region 20 teachers are creating um, through their distance learning during COVID-19. So we'll be highlighting some of the really innovative practices that teachers are using to connect with their students virtually. It's going to be an awesome journey with fun conversations to keep you up to date in current practices of instructional continuity. That's right, Sarah, it's gonna be an awesome journey. And we hope that you continue to listen weekly as you travel through special education pathways with an early to exit mentality. So let's get going. Hey, Sam, welcome back. Good to see you virtually. Um, we are, let's get going on our podcast for today. We have two great guests today. We have, we're going to focus on Katie Longley from Edgewood ISD. She is a deaf, hard of hearing itinerant teacher. And then we also have Shelly Bybee from Region 20. So welcome both of you. Hi, Shelly. Hey, it's great to be here. And um, like you, like you introduced me, I am Shelly Bybee. And I am the um, deaf and hard of hearing consultant at Region 20. And I provide support to the teachers and other staff who work with students who are deaf and hard of hearing in the Region 20 area. Um, part of what I do is I provide professional development sessions that are geared towards um, working with students who are deaf and hard of hearing. Um, I also um, run some meetings. I meet with um, Regional Day School Program for the Deaf uh, Teachers, as well as RDSPD um, administrators. And then I also um, get to meet several times a year with the itinerant teachers. And so today we have one, one um, star teacher who is going to share some of um, the really nice and wonderful things that she's been doing. Um, during this COVID-19 time and, and she's been just creating and doing many things and then sharing them with our group. So Katie, so glad to see you. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Katie. And just like the podcast, we're highlighting the great things teachers are doing during this COVID. And uh, we've seen some great things, and you were nominated to be on our podcast, so we definitely want to hear what you're doing um, out in Edward ISD with the teachers you're work working with with deaf and hard of hearing. So, Katie, let's tell us what you're doing. Well, like you said, I'm the itinerant teacher for the deaf and hard of hearing at Edgewood. And a lot of people might not know what an itinerant teacher is. So um, Shelly mentioned the RDSPD, that's the Regional Day School Program for the Deaf. And that's a, like a cluster site where you get a whole bunch of um, deaf and hard of hearing kids together with um, uh, certified teachers of the deaf and hard of hearing, interpreters, um, counselors. Um, and so they just have um, a lot more support. Um, but for students who have an IEP, that um, is for deaf and hard of hearing services, but they don't necessarily need the support of the whole cluster site of the RDSPD. Uh, that's where the itinerants come in. So we travel from campus to campus to campus, usually visiting, there might be one or two students at a campus that has an IEP for being deaf or hard of hearing. And so that's where we come in. And now with COVID, 
everything has changed because you know we work with our students usually one-on-one -on -one or maybe two students to one teacher um, but now we're doing everything through the computer and depending on where you are and what your school district is using you could be using seesaw microsoft teams zoom i don't know if their school district's using it but um uh oh the google classroom that's a big one so figuring out how to go from one-to-one -one, which is normally with the little guys play-based we always bring in visuals and manipulatives to okay now it's a screen and there's a screen in front of us and how do we do all of those activities that we're used to doing one-to-one -one using the computer and so my school district said seesaw for the younger kids so i've been doing a lot of seesaw and when uh, you're a regular classroom teacher, so for like math or science or reading, you can go into Seesaw and they have a plethora of activities to pick from. So it's, you can create your own special for your classroom, but it's really easy to like say, oh look, there is a third grade math lesson right there that's perfect for what I'm doing. So I'm just gonna steal that one, put it over, tweak it, make it perfect for my classroom. We now, Katie, I'm sorry, was Seesaw something that you already knew or is it something you had to learn with COVID? So Seesaw is something I had to learn with COVID. Other teachers were already using it in their classrooms, but Seesaw does not have um, activities for the deaf and hard of hearing. So a lot of what itinerants do, our curriculum expands on um, the regular general classroom curriculum. So instead of doing, um, I can, I can do reading and math with my students, but a lot of the times what I do is what's called the expanded core curriculum for deaf and hard of hearing. And it's subjects like self-advocacy, amplification management, taking care of their hearing aids, um, their FM systems, American Sign Language. Um, I use that with some of my students. So on Seesaw, when you go in to pick out activities, they don't have a section, you know, you've got math, reading, science, they even have art, um, some of the specials classes, but they don't have anything that says expanded core curriculum for the deaf and hard of hearing. So a lot of us teachers of the deaf and hard of hearing are creating our own activities. I've made 60, about roughly 60 um, Seesaw activities for my students. A lot of them are, I have some preschoolers that are working on their letters. And so you can go into um, um, Seesaw and find preschool, learn your letter activities, but mine take it to the next level to where it's got the printed English, but it also has the American sign fingerspell letter on the page for the kids to look at as well. And then I've made the other half is um, the expanded core curriculum. So working with students on um, being able to advocate for themselves, giving them scenarios. So if you're in this classroom situation, what would you do? And just getting them to start thinking about, okay, if I miss a definition from a teacher or if I don't hear what a classmate says or how would I handle those situations and kind of preparing for when we do get back to the classroom, how they're gonna um, approach those situations. Those are great skills to learn, especially at the younger age, because those are skills they can carry over as they get older, especially getting back into the classroom. Now, along with you learning Seesaw, 
Um, were the kids learning it too? Was this brand new to the kids also? So I'm not sure about all of my students because there are teachers that are, had already been using Seesaw. But for, for several of my students and for a lot of my parents, Seesaw was new. And so um, the other platform that my school district is using is Microsoft Teams. So then we'll get on a Teams meeting, kind of like Zoom, and where we can see each other and I can share my screen and I will go through with them in real time just there in their living room and I'm in my living room, um, go through with them on, okay, here's how the different icons work. If you click here, now you can use the pencil and write on the page. And if you click on this icon, now you can move labels around. Some of my activities are, they need to know the parts of their FM system or they need to know the parts of their hearing aids. And so I'll give them um, little labels on the screen and they need to move those labels around. Okay, here's my microphone, here's um, my battery door, that kind of thing. That's a great point about parents. Some of the things we've been seeing through COVID is the parents learning curve because parents are at home now. If they have, you know, I guess the, uh, they're able to work from home, um, but when they're home, they're also working, like we are right now, working. We still have our kids that are learning um, Zoom and, you know, depending what schools your kids go to, it's many different platforms that the parents are learning. That's awesome. That's awesome that you're doing that with the parents and the kids and teaching those self-advocacy skills. Yeah, I, I'm also a parent. And um, <laughs> so, so for, for my school district, for Edgewood, I, I learned Seesaw and I learned um, Microsoft Teams. And then Region 20, a lot of y'all's webinars and some of our um, state itinerant meetings use Zoom. So I've learned Zoom. Now my daughters are in Comal ISD and they're using um, Google Classroom. And I didn't learn it that well at first. And I thought my middle daughter was all caught up on her work. And then I get an email from her um, counselor saying she hadn't turned in a lot of her assignments for these two classes. I'm looking at her to-do list and I'm thinking I'm understanding how this works and here's her to-do list and it looks like she's all caught up. So I had to learn another level of checking her work, checking her assignments. So um, there's a lot going on with parents these days. And, and I'm glad that I'm glad that her teachers and, and a lot of us teachers are being very gracious and flexible and understanding um, with where parents are coming from and uh, that we're all in this same boat together trying to, to figure this whole situation out. Well, absolutely. It, pulling those parents in and you're, you know, as teachers now, we're having to work in a whole nother realm um, with all of the technologies that we have. But um, I also heard that you had a story about a student that you were working with that didn't have hearing aids during this time. And if, can you share a little bit about that? Because um, I, I think that might be a cool story to share with our listeners. Okay, yeah, we, um, well, okay, I'll start way back in November of 2018. I, I noticed that the students' hearing aids were not amplifying like they should be. And so this was a labor of love because it went from November of 2018 until May, April, May of 2020. And um, it, was, it was a struggle. The, the family is from a foreign country that speaks not a common language in Texas. Um, there's only a few interpreters of this language in, um, in the San Antonio area. The parents also uh, don't read or write that language. They only speak it. 
And um, there were a lot of home visits. Uh, the vice principal, myself, um, the hearing aid manufacturer representative even came out to the campus and looked at the hearing aids and kind of delved in and said, no, there's no way to fix these. They just need to be replaced. Um, the, the student has his own um, private audiologist and the audiologist was trying to help the, the family out, getting new, new ear molds, new hearing aids. However, the insurance that the family thought they had, they actually didn't have. So the audiologist was stuck, couldn't really help. So um, Aid the Silent is a um, organization in Bernie and they actually um, help a variety of, of deaf children. Because there's, there's deaf children that use sign language, there's deaf children that use spoken language, and lots of, of organizations, they only want to help the kids that use spoken language, or they only want to help the kids that use sign language. But I love Aid the Silent because they want to help any deaf child anywhere, doesn't matter what, what kind of um, um, language they use to communicate. And so Aid the Silent came on board and they said, we're going to get this kid hearing aids. And now Edgewood, we contract with Northside for their audiologist. So I was able to take the student on a field trip to Northside to their audiologist, get him hearing aids through Aid the Silent because they paid for it all. But then they were ready after spring break when we're already on the COVID closure. And we we're all just like, ah, we want to get this kid hearing aids. So finally it was like, look, we're going to do it. So the audiologist and Aid the Silent, they went to his house. Um, Aid the Silent provided a van that was super clean that they used as kind of like a, a mobile audiology clinic. The audiologist came out with her mask and her hand sanitizer and, and all her protective gear. And they were able to get the kids set up with his hearing aids after almost a year and a half. And, you know, I flip out. It's exciting. It's amazing. So we uh, coordinated a parade. We had at least 20 cars line up in the parade. The, the police department came by with their lights flashing and their whoop, 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 their little sirens and everything. And it was just, it was just fantastic. And it was such a celebration because it, had, it, it, it was a lot of us working really hard for a really long time and it finally paid off and we, we just had to celebrate. What a great thing to celebrate and what a, what a, 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 a um, collaborative effort between everyone. That's really nice to hear that even during COVID, you teachers like yourself, y'all are really working hard to collaborate and get things um, worked through so that we can meet the needs of these kiddos. So kudos to you, great job, thank you. Um, and another thing that I love that that story um, told us is just that um, for many of our uh, teachers who are itinerant and traveling around, there, there are so many other things besides um, working on the goals of the IEP. And of course, sometimes the goals um, have to do with the equipment, but just hearing this story, it, you know, really goes to show and highlight what so many of our teachers um, do. They really have to... Um, you know, um, I don't want to say think outside the box, but they have to, um, you know, address items that are not specific to the IEP. And getting the community involved is big. I mean, having the community involved and celebrate with them, that's huge, not just for the student to see that, but for the family and for everybody to be involved in, in understanding that process. That's awesome. Well, and piggybacking onto the, the, the concept of, of it takes a community and a team, part of what Shelly does is um, she brings all, all of us itinerants together periodically for meetings. And so though 
I'm having to create and other itinerants are having to create brand new activities because we don't have it like um, a, a, an academic teacher would have because we get together and because we have these relationships that, that are fostered by, by Shelly and Region 20, we're able to share with each other what we're doing. And so we don't all have to reinvent the wheel all the time. And so I've shared um, with itinerants from other school districts and other itinerants have shared with me. Um, I never got the Microsoft Teams training and there was an itinerant from North side, Northeast, an itinerant from Northeast, her name is RT and she took time out of her schedule to meet with me over Teams and go over how to share my screen with parents and how to do all this fantastic stuff that she had been doing. And so then I got to um, apply it to my teaching. And so just, it's been, it's this whole COVID thing, though it's been frustrating and stressful and it makes you sad and cry because you miss your students, it's really brought us, I think, a lot together and, and shown how teachers can really pull together and work together and just make it great for our students. I've, I've seen other teachers say that they're getting um, much better quality work from their students now than they were in the classroom, which I was like, wow. And, and I've kind of had a similar experience with, I had a student who, he used to hate to wear his hearing aids and he would not wear his hearing aids. And over the past couple of years, I've kind of worked with him on how to get over that. And then again, Aid the Silent came in and bought him his own set of hearing aids. And um, he's just really proud of him now. And I was able to give him a scenario through Seesaw. If, um, if a new student came to your school that you noticed also wore hearing aids, but then after a couple of days, you noticed that she was taking them out and leaving them in a box, maybe putting them in her purse or whatever. How would you approach that situation? What would you say or what would you do um, to encourage her to wear her hearing aids? And the answer that he gave me was fantastic. And it just blew me away. And I had to share it with all of his teachers, just the growth that he has had. He, he said that he would tell her, hey, look, I noticed you're not wearing your hearing aids. And I really want to encourage you to wear them because they help you. They help you learn because you can hear everything. And it doesn't matter what other people think or what other people say because they don't matter. What matters is you and that you learn to love yourself with your hearing loss. And this was a seventh grade boy. And I was just blown away with um, how mature his response was and how thoughtful it was. And I don't, I don't know if I would have gotten that from him if we were sitting face to face and he was talking to me because he, he does kind of have that seventh grade boy attitude. I'm, I don't want to talk to you, but over seesaw, it's been amazing. He's just kind of come out of his shell. That's awesome. And I bet hearing that from a peer was probably more powerful for the student, the new student, than it probably would have been hearing it from you. And I say that because just from my experience, you know, I can give my son advice as a parent, but it sounds so much better when someone else gives it to him. Um, and so that peer, hearing it from a peer and just about the importance and him also having hearing aids and it can, can relate to that, that's awesome. And that's great having that, uh, you know, I, I would probably call that, tie that into the self-determination skills that students need as they grow into their being independent students that we want them to be. And, you know, and eventually, you know, as they could become uh, young adults, adults, having that skill set to share and express those feelings, but to not only do that for themselves, but to help a, a student, a fellow teammate, a fellow friend. And if he ever regresses to where he doesn't want to wear his hearing aids again, now I have a, a, a voice recording. And I'm like, here's your advice. Here is your advice to yourself. Listen to it. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, Katie, I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing the great things you've been doing during COVID. And again, like I said, the podcast is going to highlight the great things that we're doing. And so when our listeners hear this, any listeners in the DHH population working with students, um, they can definitely hear this and see some of the great things you're doing. And again, we all learn from each other. You know, uh, the contact meetings that Shelly has brings everybody together there. Um, also, I know Sarah and myself have our own meetings and, and my, uh, I'm the transition consultant, as you heard in the, in the intro, and then with Sarah. And so we can definitely want to do that. So um, we appreciate you being on. Thank you very much. Keep up what you're doing um, and enjoy, you know, the rest of um, the square of what's going on with COVID. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>